Welcome to the Dirt Show brought to you by Napa Auto Parts. And today we're going to hear from USRA B-Mod driver, Dustin Cruz. We're also going to hear from track announcer and author, Pat Sullivan. And a little more about our local Napa stores from Corey at the Pipestone Napa store. Right after a few words from our sponsor. Does good food get your heart racing? How about food that's prepared to perfection with your favorite sauces and seasonings? Friends, it's Speed the Sauce Man, and I'm here to tell you that if you love full throttle flavor, you're going to love our line of premium barbecue sauces and seasonings. Made with high quality ingredients, you can trust our products to punch up the flavor of your favorite meats, main dishes, and so much more. Get winning recipes and join our sauce squad at cookiesbbq.com. And remember, smart cookies use cookies. Hey, Dirt Show listeners. Need some parts for race night? How about that classic project in your shop? Wish there was a specialty auto parts store nearby? Hot Rod Hardware in West Concord is your answer. Radiators, disc brake kits, steering columns, fuel injection systems, air conditioning systems, coil over shocks, and much more. From the street to the track, Hot Rod Hardware has everything to modernize your vehicle and improve its performance. See us at hotrodhardware.com or call 507-527-1020. Hot Rod Hardware. No robots, just real people. When it comes to driving, a lot is made about power, speed, and acceleration. But when it comes to safety on the road, nothing's more important than your vehicle's braking system. That's why this month at Napa, you can get $50 back by mail with a qualifying purchase of select Napa brake products. Stop by your local Napa Auto Parts store or shop Napa online and choose from our most popular lines of brake pads, rotors, or calipers. Keeping you on the road with quality parts you need. Napa helps you get up and go. At participating Napa Auto Parts store and NapaOnline.com. $50 rebate paid in form of Visa prepaid card. Restrictions may apply. See NapaRebates.com for full terms and conditions. Offer ends 10-31-2022. Napa, a proud sponsor of The Dirt Show. When it comes to choosing your next industrial commercial, residential, or ag electrician. Choose Coles Electric, offering pole setting, directional boring, underground trenching, boom truck service, security systems, and much more. If you're a Steel Wasika co-op member, there are excellent incentives for installing a solar array with quick payback and years of reliable service. Planning, design completion, or emergency service, see ColesElectric.com or 507-451-1387. Hello, Kelly here from Powerlift Doors and Dodds center minnesota while everyone's gearing up for harvest we're gearing up for what we all know is coming so when you're battling with stuck sliding doors or hassling with rollers and cables on overhead and bifold doors give us a call powerlift is the only company that will design manufacture deliver and install your door go to our website powerliftdoors.com to check out our projects or give myself a run a call at 507-374-9306 have a safe and bountiful harvest let me tell you friends about our stores a great place we call Miners Outdoor. We sell tools to get the job done, and the rest of the store is just plain fun. Chainsaws, mowers, ATVs, our equipment makes your job a breeze. Our service is the best around. We mow the competition down. We fix tools that run on wheels. We even got parts for snowmobiles. You sow it, you grow it, we help you mow it, run it, or ride it. We provide it. Miners Outdoor, Major Tough. Highway 218 in Blooming Prairie. Welcome back to the driver's segment here on The Dirt Show, and it is my pleasure today to be joined by USRA B-Mod driver Dustin Cruz. And Dustin, you grew up in a racing town, Brandon, South Dakota. What are your very first memories of racing or race cars? 
Uh, when we were younger, we always used to go to uh, Houston Speedway whenever we could. We didn't go a lot, but every one, about a couple times a year, we'd go out to Houston Speedway and watch out there. Karting. What a great way to get started in racing. You did some karting yourself. Yes. Uh, so it actually was all because of my brother. He was on a softball team. The coach had his two boys racing go-karts, and he got us into it, and then I don't know if you ever heard of Dusty Zomer, but he also was on the team, and that's how he got his start in racing as well. And he became to be quite the uh, successful sprint car driver, too. That's a great story. What karting track were you guys racing at then? We raced at Saddleback Raceway in uh, Runner, South Dakota, and then we went to Brookings, South Dakota, and raced. Brandon, South Dakota home of Hussett Speedway. Did you ever have a chance or a desire to get in sprint cars and ever try one out? No, I never really had a desire. And then my wife, was uh, she thinks it's kind of uh, a little too dangerous, and we've always liked to modify it. So that's what uh, we decided to go with instead, and I've had lots of fun with that. And it's a lot, uh, <laughs> a lot cheaper than sprint car racing. Oh, yeah, when I was just hearing that a 410 sprint car motor now is going for around $70,000, and you get about 8 to 10 nights out of it before it's not competitive anymore. Yeah, that's uh, that's way out of our league for uh, a budget. <laughs> Dustin, I first took notice when you showed up at Deer Creek Speedway, and they announced Dustin Cruz, Brandon, South Dakota, my first thought was, man, this guy has a desire to drive a race car coming all the way across the state. What do you remember about your first trip to Deer Creek Speedway? I think it it was for the fall jamboree. Oh, I want to say it was probably, I think, 13, 2013 or 14 we came out. And we come to uh, tracks where there's a, it's a lot, lot more traction, a lot heavier since we have sprint cars and we would go out there in the heat race and we would just be one of the quickest cars. I, I remember the first two nights we started on the pole. And then as soon as the features came around, it was slick. Didn't have a single clue what we were doing. And we just went straight backwards. <laughs> it was nothing that I ever experienced racing around here. And then we started racing there weekly and we started doing like Mississippi thunder and Chateau. And after about three years, we finally got the hang of, how to run slick tracks compared to the really heavy stuff we used to run at Hussett's and I-90 Speedway and stuff like that. So it definitely took some getting used to. It really taught you to be feather on the throttle type of guy. Yes, because we were always just hammer down as hard as you can, never lift, and then we're going to start going to deer. And, you know, the heat races for the fall jamboree were usually kind of like that. So we were always good, but then when come feature time, it was just... (laughs) Yeah, we just went straight backwards because we never tightened the car up nearly enough. And But after a few years, we definitely got the hang of it pretty good. How did you land on the USRA B-Mod division? Of all the classes you could have chosen, what attracted you most to that division? I just kind of liked how they looked, and we'd be able to do more traveling. Now the uh, the hobby stocks and stuff are starting to get pretty popular in the stock cars, but just always liked the looks of the B-Mods and stuff, so I always thought it'd be cool to get into that. And we started off small. You know, our first car was $1,500, and then 
we upgraded the next year, but that was only $2,500. And it took to our fourth year till we finally started spending some actual money on a good car. And it definitely helped improve our program. How did you meet Katie? Because she seems to enjoy the traveling and being with the team as much as you do. Oh, yes. So we met racing go-karts at Saddleback Raceway over in, uh, well, was the club was called Dakota Kart Club in Renner, South Dakota back then. Golly, I probably had to be 18 and she was 16. And she uh, she pretty much sold her car and everything she had to show her dad how much she wanted to race go-karts. And we just raced against each other and became friends and the, the rest was history. So she uh, she loves racing just as much as I do. So if there's a race that we can go to, she's all down for it. So never have to uh, try to persuade her or uh, convince her to go racing. <laughs> That's for sure. Was she faster than you in the karts? Uh, there was a few times, yeah. I'll admit she beat me a handful of times, but for the most part, you know, I had I had a lot more experience. You know, like she didn't start racing oh until I think she was fourteen, and I started racing go karts when I was eight. So I had quite a bit more seat time than she did. So, when did you make the switch from the number seventeen to the number six, and why the number six? What's the story behind the number six? Well, I was always number six from when I first started because I was always a Mark Martin fan. And then when we first started racing B-Mods, I think there was three other sixes, like Ryan Walker was 06W. I think there's two other sixes. It's like, geez, there'll be four sixes if I picked number six. So when Mark Martin retired, my next favorite driver was Matt Kentis. So that's why I went to 17. And then I think the second or third year we raced B-Mods, Everybody showed up and there's no sixes left. <laughs> so it's like, well, we're going to switch to six then because I like six way better than 17. So, and that's how I got the six. I was always a huge Mark Martin fan growing up. We've also had a chance to see you at Mississippi Thunder Speedway. They've got some talented B-Mod drivers at that track and always put on one heck of a show, especially on that high bank speedway. Yeah, Mississippi and Deer Creek, they've got some of the uh, best competition around a week and a half ago we went down to lucas oil as well and they got some pretty stout competition too but yeah they uh, that's that's definitely one track that we've raced that quite a bit that i have definitely struggled getting a hold of but labor day weekend we were over there and the second day we raced with joe chisholm and ryan olsen and ended up pulling a second out of there and that was only my second time five there out of all the shows we've raced there so think we're starting to get the hang of it a little bit but yeah that's definitely one track we've really struggled at and yeah the competition is <laughs> very stout there with Walski and the Chisholm's both of them now the Hales have always been fast there and Eric Cans it's been it's been a tough place to race at for sure drivers have always told me the tougher the competition the more it teaches you to be a better driver Yes, because it definitely pushed you. Because, yeah, it, it took us a lot of years to get good at, like, Deer Creek. And then this year we come back and, you know, we had our second kid this summer. So we raced locally. And with the gas prices being so high, we couldn't afford to drive over to Deer Creek anymore every single weekend. And so uh, we ended up winning the points at Rock Rapids. We won 7 out of 13 there. And then we got second in points at I-90 Speedway. I definitely always liked racing against, like, the Chisholms and uh, the competition out there. So definitely makes you a way better driver because it keeps pushing you more and harder and harder and harder to be better. 
August of 2016, you picked up your first USRA B-Mod feature at Deer Creek Speedway. It always seems like once you get that first one and you know you got a car and you've got the capabilities to win, they start coming more frequently. Yeah, so uh, I remember back then we were racing even against Cole Queensland and he came up to me one of the times that we got tech. I think it was the second week in a row that we made tech at Deer Creek and Cole's like, geez, Cruz, you're starting to get pretty good here. One of these days, you're going to be standing victory lane. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, against you guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thinking he was just blowing smoke up my butt or something. But, yeah, and then a couple weeks later, we did end up winning. And then I think the next summer, we ended up winning the points out there. Had three feature wins. And we even totaled the race car that year at Deer Creek Speedway. And, yeah, it uh, definitely got a lot better out there. As you mentioned, the next season, 2017, you won the USRA B-Mod Track Championship at Deer Creek Speedway. What are your favorite memories of that season? Definitely winning the Ironman in September. I, I believe it was the uh, Labor Day. So the, all the USMTS guys were there. So it was a bigger crowd than the usual locals. And I've always wanted to get a jumbo check. And the Ironman, when uh, Todd Staley ran those, was about the only opportunity to get a jumbo check in. That was the only Ironman that I ever won, and that was at the Deer Creek Speedway. That was pretty cool to win one of those. Who gave you the nickname, the cruise missile? That would be Todd Narvison. He came up with that one, and he started calling us that, and then uh, he actually did, he said he made them always Sharpies, and I got a, he painted a, a car on a piece of paper with my name and the car and the cruise missile on it as well. So that was pretty, pretty cool to get that from him. Your kids, how has that changed your life and your experiences at the racetrack now with two children? Well, when we were going pretty hard in 16, 17, we'd be running either Rock Rapids, like if we couldn't get away from work on Fridays, we'd either run Rock Rapids, or if we couldn't make it out east, we'd either do Chateau Mississippi Thunder, the Deer Creek Saturday, and then uh, Mason City on Sunday nights. So we were doing, if we could, three nights a week. Then we had our first daughter, Bryn. She will be five in December now. We cut out the Sunday nights and just did Friday, Saturdays, and still traveling out east. And then, uh, yeah, once we had our second one, Allie, in the spring, we just decided that winter it's like we're just going to stay home. Gas prices are too high. And now, you know, I used to spend five to six hours out in the shop working, and now I spend maybe an hour and a half two hours. I don't get out until they go to bed. So it's about 8.30 by the time I get out of the shop, about 10.30, I quit working. So I definitely have to uh, kind of do certain things this week, certain things another week on the race car because I just don't have time to do it all. But yet this year we were still able to be really, really competitive. My wife was quite impressed on how well we did for how much I don't get to work on the car anymore, having two kids running around now. So definitely a lot more work for sure. <laughs> Many drivers have told me some of the fondest memories are those growing up at the track when their father was racing and playing with the friends that they meet. Yes, so uh, Bryn just loves playing with Hudson Angst, Josh and uh, Jessica's boy. And so yeah, whenever we get out there, she definitely uh, gets to play with him quite a bit. And that's about the only kid she really plays with. I don't know, it just seems like there's not a lot of kids like around home in the pits, so... She usually just plays with toys in the trailer at home or whatever. But, yeah, when we go out of here, she's definitely uh, in the Inks trailer most of the time playing with Hudson. 
You finish second in points at I-90 Speedway in Hartford, South Dakota. Take us for a lap around I-90 Speedway. What is it like on that track sitting behind the wheel of a B-Mod? I always tell people it is like the sister track to Mississippi Thunder. Like the back straightaway of both tracks, you constantly keep turning. It's a high bank track, but I-90 is definitely a lot heavier. I bet you only like four times this summer I put in my dry slick setup. You know, racing out east, I was so used to dry tracks that like pretty much the first half of the summer, we were just trying to get the thing loosened up enough to get it to go into the corners. So that was kind of a little bit of a struggle at the beginning of the summer, but the second half, we definitely got a lot better. About 4th of July weekend, we really got that thing freed up enough where we could start winning because they don't follow 100% USRA rules. Like They don't do a draw-redraw. They do it all a point inversion. So we've always started in the back of our heat so we always had a high point average. And then if you make the invert, then you know we started somewhere 9th through 12th every single week there, which was good for our national points because we got a lot of passing points. So I can't really complain about the point inversion too much because that's half the reason why we were we finished sixth at national points this year is because we passed so many cars so we'd always you know we got two wins there and then we had a lot of second thirds and fourths so but yeah i would definitely describe it a lot like mississippi just a lot lot tackier a consistent season nine wins and 27 top fives yes yes very consistent going down to lucas oil Two weeks ago, me and my uh, father-in-law just went down, and he's like, I can't believe, like, I'm not trying to jinx this, but I can't believe a couple front bumpers, I think maybe two or three rims, but I didn't replace a spindle, a tie rod, no bars, no nothing. We just, a couple, I think I replaced a quarter panel and a door panel, and that was about it for damage stuff. We had a very fortunate season to stay out of trouble, and yeah, definitely showed for how many top fives we had out of yeah, 27 out of 39 races. That's by far way better than we've ever done in a one summer. So, and it definitely helped the the uh, bank account too. Not wrecking anything. So, <laughs> the tire situation this year was it as bad as everyone expected, and does it look better going into 2023? Yeah, I was a little worried. So I was getting tires from. Rosie's Race Land in Rock Rapids, Iowa. And they'd sell me six tires here, five tires here, and I didn't want to be like greedy by no means and just buy a whole bunch that nobody else did. So I just bought, you know, he he'd shoot me a text like, "Hey, I got tires in. I'll sell you six. Like, okay, so I go down and get six, and then, oh, uh, I think it was early May, I was able to get a hold of thirty tires. So then I was good. I had I think like forty or forty-two tires then. But no, so like when we were down in Lucas. So I never bought another tire all summer long, but then when we were down in Lucas, I was talking to the American racer guy and he says, everything is looking good. He had a whole 30 foot trailer full of tires. He says there should be no problems next year. The only problem is the price increase because of all the uh, ingredients that go into the tire, all them prices went up. So he's like, they're probably the price of the tire probably ain't going to go down, but availability, it should be no problem for next year is what he told me. So shouldn't be a problem. Just, obviously a little bit more expensive like everything else in this world is now. The USRA Nationals at Lucas Oil Speedway in Wheatland, Missouri. For fans who have not been down to that facility, what's that entire experience like? No, it's pretty much like you were pulling into any NASCAR track. It's just everything's big. I mean, the track is phenomenal. They got Lake Lucas there for the drag racing boats. They have the off-road truck track there. 
it just, you know, the, the only time you're not on concrete is the racetrack. It's just, it was flawless. It was definitely a lot harder to get. A, it, it took us a while to get a hold of it. We struggled. We thought practice, we were doing really good. I thought we had a good baseline setup. And then Tuesday and Wednesday rolls around. And it's just really, it was really slimy at the beginning and hard to get a hold of. And never went far enough to free the car up. And then Thursday for the Summit Shootout Challenge, finished second in our heat. End up getting disqualified because our front wheelbase was too wide. So we got that fixed. Ran the B six to second, and then the feature restart 18th and got eighth. And so we were pretty happy with that. But with our previous two days of heat races, it stuck us quite a ways back. So we start outside pole, the D, we won that, and then didn't transfer out of the C. But with our high national points in six, we were able to get a provisional for the A feature. What are the racing plans for 2023? Uh, I think we're about, probably going to do the same thing. We're probably going to do Rock Rapids and I-90 Speedway pretty much every single week. Try to make it out. Like We only we didn't make it out to out east until uh, Labor Day weekend was the first time we made it out. I'm going to try to make it out sooner than that. Kind of go hopefully more frequently. We, uh, we won open night at Rock Rapids and kept having good finishes and we're leading points. So it's like, well, gosh, now we can't really get over there on Friday nights because we were leading points at Rock Rapids. And then Deer Creek, I think I heard uh, they ended up getting like seven or eight rainouts. So every time we wanted to go over there, it rained out anyway. So we just raced at home. And I think we only had four total rainouts between the two tracks, three or four, something like that. Yeah, it was really low. So we were always going every single weekend. So we never really had a chance to get over there when we wanted to until Labor Day weekend. So hopefully we can make it over there more next year. Dustin, who helps you out on your car as far as sponsorship? I have CarryNet Financial Group and Dan Glammeyer Housing. I've had CarryNet. My, my wife used to work for them. They've been on board for about four or five years now. And then Dan Glammeyer is my neighbor, and uh, he just started sponsoring us this year. Otherwise, it's all sponsored by Cruise Racing. <laughs> right out of your own pocket. Yep. Dustin, thanks for all you do. Thanks for all of the traveling over the years. It's been great to see you here in southeastern Minnesota at Chateau Speedway, Deer Creek Speedway, Mississippi Thunder Speedway, and hope to get out to South Dakota and see you at a track out there. And thanks for being with us here on the Dirt Show today. Absolutely, not a problem, sir. Hey everyone, this is Chad Weir's Weir's Machine and Racing Products with today's tech tip. Today we're going to talk about our engine and rear end lift handles. These are a real nice piece we've been making for quite a few years. One end has a 3 8 coarse thread stud and the other one is drilled and tapped 5 8 coarse thread. So you can thread four of these into your engine and you and three of your homeboys can carry an engine around or you put two on each side of the rear end and then you and another guy can carry a rear end around very easily. Real nice trick tool, available at weirsmachine.com. As always, check us out online at weirsmachine.com. Thank you. Does the thought of raking your leaves and hauling them away frighten you? If so, call Wolf and Sons at 455-3524 and they'll take the fright out of your fall. <laughs>
Why should your business choose Foamcraft Packaging? It's vitally important that you select a partner in the packaging business that has capabilities to satisfy your everyday packaging needs with the versatility to take care of those projects that require specialized treatment. Foamcraft is large enough to tackle all your packaging requirements, yet small enough to provide individualized services to ensure quality products. Office and production positions currently available. See foamcraftpackaging.com or call them at 507-455-2893. Winning drivers rely on VP Racing Fuels to optimize performance. Now get the same benefit with VP Mattitives offering race fuel technology for your daily driver. Increase fuel mileage and restore power to your streetcar with VP's Fuel System Cleaner. Or give your race car a boost with VP's Octanium. Improving your fuel's octane by up to eight numbers and giving you the throttle response your performance car was built to deliver. That's VP Mattitives, available at your local AutoZone store or at VPRacingFuels.com. Aero Race Wheels was established on the conviction that its dedicated staff could provide higher quality wheels designed specifically to endure the tough requirements and conditions of the racing industry. Most importantly, the wheels need to be manufactured and sold, maintaining an affordable price structure. Aero Racing Wheels has become the largest premier steel wheel supplier, and their product line speaks for itself. Upgrade your racing game today at aeroracewheels.com. Get more muscle for your money with Dixie Chopper Lawn Mowers. We've been handcrafting the toughest and fastest zero-turn mowers for over 40 years. Dixie Chopper offers a full line of residential, commercial, and industrial mowers to meet every customer's needs. Visit your local Dixie Chopper dealer today or visit online at DixieChopper.com. Welcome back here on The Dirt Show, and it is my pleasure today to be joined by track announcer and author, Pat Sullivan. And Pat, what a great race we witnessed last Saturday at the Illinois State Fairgrounds. And as usual, you did a great job on the microphone covering the race, and what a race it was. Yeah, it really was. It's really memorable. The fact that it's really interesting. You know, I don't know how many races I've seen at the Springfield Mile, but the fact is that in the recent years have probably been among the best. And part of that has to do with the track prep. We've had a couple of days, a couple of years ago, it was absolutely frigid cold. And it was certainly cool on Saturday, but that allowed with the cloud cover to keep a little more moisture in the mile track, which is hard. But yeah, this will be memorable on a number of counts. And you know, obviously a little retribution for Shane Cockrum, who really was the dominant car at Decoy, Illinois, but ran out of fuel late. But without any question, I think we all understand that the star of the show was Kaylee Bryson. And that began really in hot laps, where she was almost fearless. We have the other storyline with the championship, with Logan Seavey and Cody Swanson coming in tied, and now just three points separate him coming in the finale. But it was memorable. You know, I thought about playing the, the contrast. I mean, that's the sort of a high side run that we would see from the likes of a Chuck Gurney or a, or a Jack Hewitt in years past at Springfield. And I don't know if Kaylee goes 100 pounds. And she's very soft-spoken. I saw her in the driver's meeting with a stocking cap on, all bundled up. And then she straps herself in a race car and showed that level of fearlessness and really using a line that no one else was using. That was going to stick for a long time. It was a tremendous race by Kaylee, and I actually tapped my brother on the shoulder and yelled in his ear. I said, the sound of her motor just changed as she came past the grandstand, and it sounded like she actually had a broken lifter and was holding the guys off on seven cylinders. That was accurate, and you, interestingly enough, you make a great point, which is 
under that old covered grandstand, those cars make a racket. It's sometimes hard to hear. But yeah, she was clearly off song. And I made a point at one point when I realized it, that's not always bad. You know, Rich Fogler famously won a hot hundred on a dry slick racetrack when he had, I can't remember, he had a brace or something on his arm or a pad that got underneath his throttle. And later he said it really prevented him from really too much wheel spin by mashing the throttle. And then Kaylee apparently in a post-race remark made the comment that she actually thought it helped her too, that given the nature of that racetrack and the power she had, she could put to the ground. But that said, I do think it came into play in the restart. You know, she was able to hold Shane off at one point on a restart, but she couldn't there in the, in the waiting moments. And the Summer Crown car is such a momentum car. It's, it's different than a sprint car or a midget. It's a lumbering beast. And you have to really pick and choose your spots to pass, and momentum is the whole game. And once she got behind, and I don't know after that whether or not she had a tire start to go away. They normally do. She faded. I think we were all sort of hoping she got on the podium because she deserved it. But, you know, all you have to do is check social media. She certainly won the day. I thought Cody Swanson said it best in a foreword in your book, Rolling Thunder. There are really three races in one in a 100-lap silver crown race. The start when the fuel tank is full and the car is like steering a bulldozer, the middle of the race, the 40 laps when you're trying to conserve equipment and save that right rear tire, and then the final sprint when you decide when it's time to hammer down and go for it. Right, when it's winning time. That's right. You know, I I made this comment in the pre-race, and just another shout-out to Cody Swanson, who just, in terms of class, he's about as high on the list as you could get. It was disappointing that we had a couple of disappointments. One is Anthony Bakery coming all the way from the East Coast and immediately having a problem. Emerson Axum was another disappointment, driving for Nolan Racing. But he was in the driver's meeting, and Cody Swanson looked at him and said, this is your first mile, isn't it? He said, yes. And Cody said, are you excited? And Emerson said, yes. But you could tell he was a little pensive. He was excited, but a little concerned. And he looked at Cody and says, do you have any advice for me? And absolutely on brand, Cody Swanson spent about 10, 15 minutes going over with Emerson what to expect. Almost exactly as you laid it out, Clayton. But he talked about, listen, you're going to qualify. You're going to qualify somewhere around 31 seconds. You're going to be shocked when you go down to 34-second lap times. The track's going to take rubber. You will find that you will get faster. This is what's going to happen when the fuel load burns off. This is what you're going to feel. It was just vintage Cody Swanson. But he laid it out, and that's what, to me, what makes Silver Crown Racing so appealing to me. I mean, I love the Ross Power Sprint cars. And I love the nimbleness of midgets. But the fact that you've got to use your head and your foot in summer crown racing, to me, is what makes it such a great discipline. And when you're in a place like Springfield, when you have a sense of the names that have raced there and won there, it's hallowed ground. And you really have a sense that every victory there is one that sort of puts that driver's name on that great role of winners. So, uh, you know, I'm like you. I... I left uh, a little cold, but sky high. I mean, this is what you come to see, and it was well worth the time. Speaking of hallowed ground, a gentleman walked in 
with this awesome sweatshirt, and I commented on it, and he came up and sat in front of us for the rest of the day, and his name was Tom Hoffman, one of the members of the Hoffman Racing Team, and started talking about the 132 drivers that drove for them over the 50 years of their racing team, and what an outstanding conversation we had. Yeah, because that goes back to the guy we called old-timer Gus Hoffman. Of course, Gus and his son Richard, uh, more people close to him called him Dick, were are already members of the National Sprinter Hall of Fame, and Rob, Dick's son, could also certainly be in that category, but that race team goes back really to the late 1920s, started by Gus Hoffman, and their first big win probably as a team came around. I'm gonna. This is off the top of my head, Clay, but I think 1954, the Park Lumber Special, number seven midget, won one of the features of the night before the 500 race, then held at the original 16th Street Speedway with Eddie Sachs at the controls. Their first victory in USAC Sprint Car competition came, I think, in 1958 with Don Branson. And they certainly won in 1961 in Salem with Jim Hemmings, which for a long time I thought was their first win. But the honor roll of racers who have raced for that team, and they, they did some time in Indianapolis, is, you know, who's who of the sport. And the great thing about the Hoffman family, particularly their sprint car operator, now, and by the way, they have that partnership still with Brady Bacon. And Rob actually built a, a, a car for the little 500 for him. So while he's largely hands-off at this point, he's a banker by trade, the name still exists. But for years, they towed around with this ancient pickup truck and this ancient, basic, sort of first-generation enclosed trailer. To me, it was a reminder to some teams that you know, you can spend a whole lot of money on your trailer and your rig. It's probably a better investment to spend money on your race car. But their success, just off the charts and iconic, really. In the annals of the United States Auto Club, but they're number one all-time in entrant victories in sprint cars. Pat, you also piqued my interest, and I have to do some more research over the winter, but you honored Little Springfield. Oh, yeah. What a place. It was, I think that's Clear Lake Avenue. For us who come over from Indianapolis, it's kind of where we enter Springfield, and there's a convenience store there. There used to be a Target or a Kmart right there. It's a quarter-mile track. Joe Shaheen ran it. Joe Shaheen had campaigned midgets at various points in his life and is famed for having driven around the place with a blindfold. The grandstands basically went down the front straight away. They had a little porch patio over turns one and two, and there was a bar in there. The steps were made out of flathead blocks, and there were distributor caps that had wires for the lights, and the place was littered with old pictures of race cars. In more modern times, they were known for a weekend called Super Weekend. In the 80s, that featured the All-Star Circuit Champions. They often had a midget race in conjunction with the race at the Springfield Mile. And as I noted, the 120 sanctioned USAC midget races there, second only to J.C. Agajanian promotions on the West Coast. But it was a tight bullring. And a friend of mine named Ed Newtot, whose son Butch ultimately drove sprint cars for a while. Ed had a push truck that had a wing on top. It looked like a sprint car. He had his own sponsors. He would go around to some of the local bars in Springfield. And his sponsorship was a case of beer. <laughs> Her name would be on the side of his push car. It was very recognizable. 
but it was one of those classic bull rings, pretty much like we have with Macon still today, where you had to be elbows up at a midget to get around there. And so many names came out of there. The Wyan family and you know, Chuck Wyan who ran the Indianapolis 500. That's Keith Koontz's uncle. And another part of that family is Duke DeRosa, who was a midget champion. And the Wyan family obviously still continues to race today. The Standridges, obviously incredibly well-known. Dick Standridge was the patriarch that I knew very well. And then his kids raised, and Joyce Standridge, you know, Dean Shirley, Jim Mohan. Jim Dwan Jr. They had their own cadre of stars, but that was a racy joint, and they had a bullseye over turn number three, and if a driver hit that bullseye on their way exiting the racetrack, I think they got $100. <laughs> Probably didn't pay the damage, but it lessened the blow a little bit. Pat, another topic that came up on a trip home back here to Minnesota, if we took everyone out of that crowd over the age of 55, where would the crowd be? Well, I think we're all concerned about that. I mean, I think we're concerned, period, to be honest with you. It's interesting. You know, I work regularly at Lincoln Park in Bloomington Speedway when I'm not on the road with USAC. And I'm I'm pretty okay with how things are there. In Bloomington, you know, which is on the extreme south side of town, I'm an IU faculty member. In fact, I'm in my office here at Bloomington right now, but it's a different world when you get down there. That still is a place where, where young people have come to hang out, like the drive-in movie, to be honest with you, on Friday nights. And so we have a fair number of young people that come there because it's a place they can go and hang out and be with their friends. And, and a certain percentage of them become lifelong fans. I mean, you know, you're 30 for me next year, and I you know, have people in their 20s come up and tell me that they've been listening to me since I was a kid. And that means they came and they stayed, which is good. And Lincoln Park does pretty well, too. Lincoln Park's in a rural area, and it's still a primary source of entertainment. But the USAC crowd tends to be older, and the Silver Crown cars particularly so. And I think it's because, this is going to sound worse than I mean it, but it does take an attention span to be interested. It's not the same. It doesn't have the pizzazz, for example, of a World of Outlaws show. Now, what it does interest me is that we have a kid like Logan Seavey who got in these cars and fell in love with them. He just loves them. You know, do I hope that Emerson Axum falls in love with them? Do I hope that Anthony Macri, if he had a chance, would fall in love with them? Because if our younger drivers become stars, then they bring younger fans along with them. But it's a different racing discipline. You know, I mean, I was at Eldora for the Four Crown Nationals, and there's big screens and pyrotechnics, and Four Crown Nationals is a, just a great event. You know, in the world of outlaws and the all-stars are so blindingly fast. That alone gets people's attention. But yeah, Clint, I think it's I think it's a concern. I think it's a concern throughout the industry, really. Your book, Rolling Thunder, what a treasure for anyone that can get a copy. Thank you. Well, we appreciate that. I mean, obviously, it's a labor of love, and obviously, Bob Mays is a, is a dear friend. He's a great historian. He grew up at Midwest Speedway in Lincoln, but you know, he was captivated by action at the Nebraska State Fairgrounds in Lincoln. So places where big cars rumbled, even if the you know not necessarily used that cars at the time. But then Richie Murray, who's taken the baton from the late Dick Jordan, and really ran with it, a young person who has great interest in history of the sport. Excellent statistician. He's, by the way, he's a tremendous copy editor. He's probably the best I've ever seen. But that's a, that's a labor of love. I mean, anybody who's done these things know there's not a lot of money to be made in books in this day and age, but nor did we care. We sold them all. We were able to capture the history. That's the biggest thing to me in a unique discipline of racing as a standalone series that dates back to 1971. It, Kind of be fun. I mean, there's a couple of books that really do cover the mile tracks when they were part of the national 
championship scene, you know, notably Dick Wallen's Fabulous 50s and the work from the 60s. Duke covers part of the National Championship Trail, what happened on the mile tracks. And, of course, the other issue with that is is that we're down essentially to two. There's a couple that you could still possibly revive, but, you know, you look at the Championship Trail and you look at San Jose, Bay Mottos, uh, Centennial Park in Denver, Detroit. Obviously, Milwaukee was dirt at one point, Nazareth on, on the East Coast, Lakewood, that Atlanta. There were all these places where Darlington and Texas were dirt tracks. And that was part of the great racing heritage. But yeah, we wanted to capture, we were in the 50th anniversary season. And that was really a labor of love because I, I, I admittedly just love that series. The merger of Sprint Car and Midget Magazine and Speed Sport has not changed the content of the publication or the quality at all. It still continues to thrive, even with the loss of two major contributors, Doug Ald and Kevin Olson. Yeah, and I, and I was really worried about it because obviously we all know the story. I mean, print journalism is suffering a little bit. I still really like to have something in my hands. I mean, I have a complete, except for the very end, I have a complete collection of Speed Age magazines myself. I have every open wheel. I have every sprinkler midget, obviously, and I like the continuity there. When Doug Ald passed, incredibly unexpectedly, I was really, really worried. I mean, he had revived it from when Open Wheel went away. And, you know, I, it's it's fascinating to be clear. I hear a lot of people talk to me about, you know, the great days of Open Wheel. Well, Sprinkler Midget Magazine has been around a lot longer now than Open Wheel. But I really, it was touch and go. I don't think there's any question about it. Mike Kirchner of National Speed Sport News had several conversations with me and Dave Argerbright. And I think we all pitched in and said, look, we'll do whatever we can to keep this thing going. And at the PRI show uh, in Indianapolis, Performance Racing Industry Show, Mike pulled me aside and said, hey, here's what we're thinking about doing. And I said, I just love it. And a unique with the, you know, the two different covers. So that's that's been great. You know, that sales have held steady. For me, you know, particularly, I own a couple copies of Open Wheel Number 1, but the first one I saw was Number 2 at a newsstand, and I bought it. And I learned so much about the sport from reading those articles. I learned so much about the East Coast from Bruce Ellis and people like that. And John Sawyer was a prominent name, and Kevin Eckert. And I learned so much about the history of the sport by those stories, and I've always gravitated towards that. So I felt it was really important to keep it alive. It's, and it, it's interesting because you get to learn a lot about the drivers when you do stories on them, learn a little about their personalities, and it's fun. And there are so many younger drivers they claim it's really interesting because you know, I did a story on Wally Packers. I could have written God knows how many words. I mean, they cut it as it was. I understand why, but he had so many stories and so many connections and that sort of thing. I've made a joke about this, but, you know, you do a story on Jane Abedison and she tells you she's wanted to race the midget her whole life. <laughs> Your whole life. You're 17. <laughs> I mean, you weren't in the sandbox that long ago. But, you know, I, I've got one that's in the hopper on Dason personally in his recovery. And God, he was just a great interview. He was very articulate and to speak to his journey and, and to listen to, to young people, their thoughts uh, about their sport and their discipline. It's really something I enjoy a great deal. Pat, we all know what's coming here in Minnesota. You can feel it in the air. It's going to be wintertime soon. I would highly recommend if they can get a hold of a copy of Rolling Thunder on eBay or order sprint car and midget for the winter months they will be very happy 
with all of the content and when that comes in the mailbox. Thank you for your time, and thank you so much for being with us here on The Dirt Show today. Just always a pleasure, anytime. And thank you for what you do. And the variety of people and personalities and racing disciplines you cover. All of those people are important to our sport, every one of them. And I appreciate your efforts greatly. Fast Shaft Drive Shafts is the number one carbon fiber, steel, chrome molly, and aluminum drive shaft builder for over 90% of the major modified chassis builders. Now, under new ownership, the mission will not change. Providing drive shafts, drive shaft repair, 9-inch forward center sections, slip yokes, rear-end yokes, ring and pinions, bearings, spools, gears, shim kits, and more to racers everywhere. Call Fast Shafts today. Made by racers for racers. 800-622-6617. Gilland Enterprises is your local distributor of Justice Brothers products. Justice Brothers products reduce breakage, downtime, and increase machinery reliability, life, and performance, which increases your profits. Superior lubricants like JB80 and JB Heavy Duty Chain Lubricants are made for today's farm equipment. This family-owned America's brand for quality products has provided additives, lubricants, and cleaner to auto enthusiasts, racers, truckers, industries, and farmers for more than 80 years. Contact Gilland Enterprises Enterprises, your local Justice Brothers Car Care Products distributor at 952-934-7354 or visit justicebrothers.com. Go with the winner, Gilland Enterprises and Justice Brothers. You've just had an accident. That's where Bob and his staff at Midwest Collision in Fairbow stand out above the rest. Fast, friendly, and knowledgeable advice from the time you step inside their door. One look at their state-of-the-art facility, paint oven, and computer paint matching capabilities, and you'll know you came to the right place. Next time you need collision repair, think Midwest Collision. Located at Highway 60, east of Fairboat, or call 332-2434. Remember, you bend them, we mend them. Extreme! Extreme! Why choose powder coating over liquid paint finishes? Maximum durability. Extreme Powder Coatings offer a scientific process that uses heat to bake the colorful finish deep into your product. Extreme Powder Coatings can deliver multimedia blasting, impact-resistant epoxy primers, and super-durable powder coat applications to meet your needs. Visit ExtremePowderCoating.net for more information. Race fans, SprintCarStuff.com is your online stop for everything in the sprint car world. From apparel, jewelry, and books to die-cast sprint cars, posters, and gifts, SprintCarStuff.com has everything you need for the sprint car fan on your shopping list. And SprintCarStuff.com is the online site of the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum, so every purchase on SprintCarStuff.com helps support the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum. Promote the future of sprint car racing and preserve the past. That's SprintCarStuff.com for all of your sprint car merchandise needs. Whether you're running for the checkered flag, blasting down the strip, or cruising in the boulevard, you want crisp flat response and reliable horsepower. Byers Engine Service offers a full machine shop that can completely machine and rebuild your tractor, race car, or streetcar engine and put some life under your hood. No gimmicks, just horsepower. See BuyersEngine.com or call 507 507- 282-5586. Medieval Chassis has been the leader in better engineered stock cars and modifieds for almost two decades. They are now going to become the center of all things ModLud in the Midwest. Medieval Chassis will be the go-to shop for all parts in store, online, or by phone for this up-and-coming cost-conscious racing class. Summer 2022, Medieval Chassis will have their ModLud platform in action. Kicking off the new Endeavor, Medieval Chassis and Cow's Big Deals will be auctioning off a 2023 ModLud roller valued at $12,000 in October. Watch Facebook and see medievalchassis.com for more details. 
Welcome back to our special segment here on The Dirt Show brought to you by Napa Auto Parts. And today I'm joined by Corey from the Pipestone Napa Auto Parts store. And Corey, it's hard to think that we know what's coming. Winter's coming soon and you've got a great heater in the store that we want to talk about. Yes, that's uh, it's inevitable that wintertime is coming. We here at Napa do offer a they call it the Val 6 heater. It's an infrared dual diesel or kerosene infrared heater. A lot like the other portable heaters you find out there, but this one here, like I said, is infrared, doesn't leave as much of a smell, and they are up to 40% more fuel efficient. Something else you might want to grab right now is one of the jump packs, and I'm sure you're stocked up on those. Yes, NAP also offers some jump packs and battery chargers from smaller 2-amp up to your 250-amp, 500-amp even, cranking jump packs. Nice thing to throw in the car for wintertime or just something nice to have around in case of emergencies. And out there in Pipestone, you are definitely right in the heart of harvest country and farmland out there. And as the guys are finishing up in the fields, that post-harvest cleanup, all of that equipment covered with grease and dust, you have everything from pressure washers to degreasers to brand new filters to get everything cleaned up, ready to store, and ready for next year. Absolutely. Include in that waxes just to get that thing buffed up again. And Yes, like he called it, pressure washers. Everything you're going to need, we're going to have, hopefully, here for you. Something else that I haven't started thinking about, and most guys don't until the last minute is Christmas, but... If anybody's listening out there and they have that hard-to-buy-for dad or grandpa who seems to have absolutely everything, a gift certificate from your local Napa store or just about any tool set or pair of leather gloves or vice grip set, they would love that. Correct, yeah, Napa's got a lot to offer. They got they, they pull from a lot of brands, Milwaukee, DeWalt, even their in-house brand for tools, Carlisle Hand Tools. Craftsman, they brought on Craftsman here a couple years ago. So, yeah, there's about anything and everything for, for Christmas gifts ideas, you bet. And also those guys that would like to buy a special gift for themselves, you've got some great December specials on some of the big equipment. Uh, yeah, Napa every December seems to throw out some good specials. If everyone's kind of familiar with the Real Deals catalog, they usually throw on an extra 5 to 10% on your capital deals, which would be your, your big equipment, your hoists, your tire changers, your scan tools, things like that, even even down to your, your pliers, your little tool sets, anything and everything. They, they throw on uh, just towards the end of the year for that last-minute uh, end-of-year savings. Corey, how can they find your store there in Pipestone, Minnesota? We are located right on Highway 30, East as you're heading out of town, right across from the sail barn and on the north side of the road, pretty easy to find. Corey, thanks for all you do with the Nap Auto Parts Group, and thanks for being with us here on the Dirt Show today. Thanks much. Take care. When one of your appliances breaks down, you need help, and you need it fast. Contact Sorensen's Appliance Service. They service the entire Cows listing area. Their employees live in our community and sponsor area racers and softball teams. Sorensen's Appliance Service. People you know that will get your appliances serviced with trained technicians. Contact them today, 256-7766. 
That's 256-7766. Bulldog Coatings specialize in concrete coatings as well as concrete restoration repair. Hi, I'm Todd with Bulldog Coatings. Our coating systems provide a durable finished floor that is both easy to maintain and adds value to your home. The unique patented Bulldog Coatings are not limited to just garage floors. They can be used for interior flooring as well as pool deck, patio, and sidewalk applications. Our systems can be installed in as little as one day and year-round. We are a locally owned family business ready to serve Southern Minnesota. Visit us on Facebook or call us for a free estimate. 837-9773. Let Bulldog protect your floors. Shevland Enterprises, your locally owned and operated sanitation and recycling service, offers the highest quality garbage removal and trash pickup services at great rates. Commercial, residential, construction, and industrial trash removal and recycling in Owatonna and the surrounding areas in Dodge and Steel Counties. Shevland Enterprises also specializes in roll-offs and dumpster. Contact Chris and his staff today for small town service at a small town price. 528 528- 9900. That's 528-9900. If your classic isn't so classic, bring it into Auto Trim Design of Oatana. We can fix the upholstery, the carpet, replace a sagging headliner, make your old car look new again, make your seats comfortable again. Whether it's a classic car, work truck, boat, or anything else that moves, we can fix the upholstery and make your ride like new. And we work on convertibles. We're located in Otana at 3275 Old Highway 14, one mile west of Walmart. Partnering with hog and cattle producers throughout the United States, Altenburg Construction has almost 30 years of experience in the slat replacement business. Altenburg Construction also uses a custom wash bay to ensure biosecurity to protect your herd. Whether you need an entire site or a single slat, call the professionals at Altenburg Construction at 888-435-2210 or see altenburgconstruction.com. For 50 years, reuse and recycle is not a new concept to us. Miskin Auto Parts has been recycling your old vehicles since the Beatles were still together. Just call us and we'll send one of our friendly drivers right to you and haul away your old retired vehicle. Scrap prices are up, so it's a good time to clean up those unwanted vehicles and get money in your pocket. Give us a call at 507-684-2100 or online at Miskin.com. Miskin Auto Parts, in God we trust. Welcome to the Dirt Track segment, brought to you by Cookies, Sauces, and Seasonings. Last Saturday night, October 15th, there was only one local track running, Mason City Motor Speedway. In the 25-lap modified A main, Kevin Stoa over Corey Crasper. In the USRA Stock Cars, Josh Zeman over Nate Whitehurst. In the USRA B-Mods, Joe Chisholm over Dan Hoovden. In the USRA Hobby Stocks, Zach Smith over Scott Doble. In the Outlaw Mini Mods, Ben Krause over Bobby Daniels. And in the Tuners, Max Heimbunch over Oliver Munson. We took the seven-hour trip to the Illinois State Fairgrounds to watch the USAC Silver Crown on a dirt mile, and it was Shane Cockrum over Shane Cottle. At Land Pros, our team of brokers and auctioneers specialize in farmland sales, live land auctions, and online land auctions across the Midwest with total sales of 190,000 acres. At Land Pros, you get a team of land professionals going to work for you. We pride ourselves on providing local service and knowledge with national marketing and results. If you're thinking of buying or selling, contact Land Pros agent JJ Wise at 641-420-SELL or go to LandPros.com. That's L-A-N-D-P-R-O-Z.com. 
Hitch Dock Power Sports is your source for American-made eagle plows. Now's your chance to get your ATV, UTV, or side-by-side equipped and ready for winter. Go to HitchDockPowerSports.com and enter code FALL2022 to save 10% on everything in your cart. As an added bonus, all orders over $100 get free shipping. Head over to HitchDockPowerSports.com. Hi, this is Harvey West, and you've been listening to The Dirt Show. See you at the races.